0: Thank you, choir, for leading us in that song. Well, good morning again, and welcome again to our time of worship as we gather together to praise the Lord for all that he's done for us and in us through his son, Jesus Christ. Our text this morning comes from the book of Mark, chapter 14. Uh, We're gonna be looking at verses 10 through 21. Verse 32 and then verses 41 through 46. Will you please stand as we read from the Gospel of Mark this morning. And we read in Jesus' name. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money and he sought an opportunity to betray him. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where will you have us go to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you, follow him. And as they were reclining at the table and eating, Jesus says, truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and to say to him one after another, is it I? He said to them, it is one of the 12, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the son of man goes as it is written of him, But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to the disciples, sit sit here while I pray. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Is it enough? The hour has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man." Seize him and lead him away under guard. And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi. And he kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. Then, thus ends the reading of God's word to us in the book of Mark. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather around your word. We live in a world that says that each individual has his own truth. Truth for each person is subjective based on what a person thinks, feels, or imagines. But Father, it is your word that is truth. What we feel or think or imagine does not speak truth, but may come as a result of knowing the truth. So Lord, as we focus on your truth this morning, that is for all people, fill us with your spirit so that we may hear, we may see, and that we might receive the truth that you have for us today through your word. It's in your name that we pray, amen. Please be seated. Have you heard that the eyes are the mirror of your soul? Or how about this one? Your eyes are the doorway of your heart, Some may say that we know how a person is feeling or what a person is actually saying by looking at his heart or his eyes. When people are in trouble with police or their parents, they don't want you to know the truth. So what do they do? They look away. And why is this? They don't want you to look at them. Their eyes will give it away. This past Wednesday, as you may know, was Ash Wednesday, we started a new sermon series entitled Eyes on Jesus. As we encounter this theme for Lent, it is if we are peeking into the eyes in which Jesus comes in contact with. We look into their eyes to see who they truly were. But what we come to realize is that we are not just looking into the eyes of the people of the first century, but we are also looking into the mirror, and we are looking into our own eyes. This morning, we look into the eyes of Judas, the betrayer of Jesus, and we see his betraying eyes. At the beginning of our text, we see the Jewish leaders wanting to kill Jesus. Let's just say that they've had enough. The influence and power that they once had over the Jews was now disappearing. Instead of the Jews listening to the Jewish leaders, they started to follow Jesus. Jesus was having influence with their people. What the Sanhedrin or the Jewish leaders wanted was for the Jews to follow them and to do what they say, not to follow Jesus and what he was saying. And the only way that this would stop was if Jesus was no longer there. So the Sanhedrin gathered together in a place where nobody would see them. And they talked about getting rid of Jesus. They took a vote, and it was settled. The only question that remained was how would they do this? Here is where Judas Iscariot enters the picture. Judas was one of the 12 apostles and was the money holder. He was known to be the one who was skimming off the top. When money was to go in the money bag, Judas happened to find some money in his pocket. And if the Jewish leaders could have chosen anyone to help them with capturing Jesus, it would have been one of the 12. And as one of the 12, Judas had spent lots of time with Jesus. He knew where Jesus liked to go. He knew who Jesus was would be with. He knew what Jesus might have been doing. Well, think about it. If someone was looking for you, who would they go to? Would they go to someone who had some knowledge of who you were or where you might be? Or would they go to those who knew you best, with those you spent time with? Well, of course they would want to go with those in which spent time with you. In the verses leading up to our text, Jesus allowed a woman to pour some expensive perfume on his feet. And when he did this, you could see Judas was frustrated and he was angry. If you were looking into his eyes, you would see his disapproval. He probably was one of the disciples that said that the money could have been used for something more or more importantly, stuffing his pockets just a little bit more. He saw the opportunity for more money, and he was denied. You could almost look into his eyes and see his determination to do something, even if it meant doing something that no one else might have ever considered. The priests were going to give Judas what he didn't receive at the anointing money. The chief priests offered Judas 30 pieces of silver for Judas to betray Jesus. Then as the Passover arrived, the twelve and Jesus went into a designated man's upstairs room to participate in the Passover. It was here that the disciples would learn that one of them would be betraying Jesus. If you looked around the room and looked into the eyes of the eleven of the 11 disciples, excluding Judas, you would see shock. Each one of them asked the question, is it I? The 11 are taken back by the thought that someone, especially one of them, would betray Jesus. They are probably also feeling a little nervousness in thinking who it might be. But when we look at Judas's eyes, what do we see? He dares to ask the question, is it I? But Judas already knows the answer. He knows that it is him. And if we looked into his eyes, we would see it. We would see that he was saying it so that others would not have known that it was going to be him that was going to betraying Jesus. But Jesus replied that it would be so. That it would be him, according to Matthew's gospel. We see the fulfillment of what Jesus said in the next parts of our text. Jesus and the 11 disciples were in the garden. It says in verse 43 that while Jesus was speaking to the disciples, Judas came with a crowd of Jewish leaders looking to kill Jesus. He gave the sign to the crowd that identified Jesus by kissing him. This in and of itself isn't and wasn't out of the ordinary. Kissing someone on the cheek was a normal greeting. He also called Jesus rabbi. Again, this wasn't out of the ordinary either. Calling someone rabbi or teacher showed intimacy and respect. These were the signs that Judas had agreed upon to show the crowd who Jesus was. It was how he identified who Jesus was. He didn't greet anyone else there. There again were the eyes of the betrayal. Judas' eyes were on a mission find Jesus. He was not going to stop searching until he found Jesus. When he found Jesus, there must have been satisfaction in his eyes. He did it. And now he was going to be paid as a result. Let's back up for just a minute and go back to the dinner where Judas asked the question, Is it I? Could we ask ourselves the same question? Is it I, Lord, who betrayed you and sent you to die on a cross? Well, have you walked with the Lord and have done something against him? We all have. You have, and I have too. We have not. We might not have betrayed Jesus the same way that Judas did, but we all have. We all have participated in the sin that Judas did. We all turned our backs on Jesus. Isn't that what we call sin? You chose your way over God's way. You made commitments to God that you failed to follow through on. In in one of our confessions, we have prayed that we have sinned against God in thought, in word, and in deed. That we have sinned against God by what we have done and what we have left undone. But our betrayal does not end the way that Judas' did. Judas died as he hanged himself on a tree. Our story ends differently. That is why Jesus came. This is why he was born. He came to be handed over to sinners. Jesus came to be betrayed and to die on a cross to take away your sin, my sin, and the sin of the world. It is because Jesus was betrayed and died and rose again that we have been set free from the consequences of our sin, our betrayal of Jesus. It, is, it was because of Jesus' death that we are able to have a right relationship with God. God knew this, and so He wanted to see this happen. He wanted Jesus to come to earth. He wanted to punish Jesus for our sake. He wanted to hand Jesus over, which means betray, to die. Even though Judas and the Sanhedrin came up with a plan to kill Jesus, God's plan would still be carried out. God's plan from the beginning of time was to send Jesus and for Jesus to die on a cross. In verse 2 of Mark chapter 14, it says that the Jewish leaders did not want it to happen during the feast. They wanted to wait seven days before they went after Jesus. And as you and I may know, it didn't happen that way. Two days later, on the first day of the feast, they arrested Jesus. Why? This is when God wanted it to happen we also know that Jesus was willing to be betrayed he could have stopped what was happening at any time he could have gone somewhere else rather than the garden he could have overcame the crowd that was there to arrest him but Jesus knew what the father's will was he knew what he was to do Was he able to escape it and betray his father? Could he have avoided it? Well, he could have avoided it. He was God. But he couldn't betray the father. Jesus went to the cross and suffered a miserable death. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, That whosoever believes in him will not perish or die, but will have eternal life. God handed his son over to death so that our sins would be forgiven. Our sins would not be remembered anymore. And it would be as if we had never sinned against God. This is contrary to what happens with a presidential pardon or when the president gives a commuted sentence. In either of these gifts to a criminal, there is a great gift of forgiveness. And though the criminal was offered forgiveness, the crime stays on his record. He will always have that black mark attached to him. But Jesus came so that our sins would be forgiven and remembered no more. This was only possible through Jesus coming into the world as a baby, fully man and fully God, being betrayed and dying and rising again. And now those who believe will also be raised again and live forever with Jesus in heaven. You are able to have salvation because of what Jesus did for you. Romans chapter 4, verses 24 and 25 says, It will be counted to us as righteousness. Those who believe in him, who raised from the dead, Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. It was because of the cross we see our betrayal. We see our sin. And we see our Savior. It is because of the resurrection we see life and life forever with Him. In the next few minutes, you will hear these words. On the night that He was betrayed, He took bread. He was handed over to death for us and now he again again gives to us his holy body and blood and he gives us the forgiveness of sins and he strengthens us and preserves us in the true faith until we reach heaven we have betrayed our savior but because of god's great love for us we have been given peace with god because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your unfailing love. There may have been times in which we have turned our backs on you, but you have not turned your back on us. Instead, you have wrapped your arms around us and you have called us your child. You sent your Son into the world to die for us so that our betrayal did not lead to our death. But we have been given life because of Jesus. Thank you for the, life, the gift of life given to us through your Son. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.